You're listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, your number one source for discussions about the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Now, get ready for a new episode of Vol Basketball Fever. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Vault Basketball Fever Podcast. I am Nathana Rutherford, and I am joined by a special guest for this episode, Todd Aaron Golden. He is the Indiana State beat writer for the Tribune Star, and I'm bringing him on here to talk about the newest addition to Tennessee's roster, Tyreek Key, transfer from Indiana State. Uh, Todd, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I were talking beforehand here uh, and kind of getting a feel of, you know, your coverage for Indiana State. Uh, you said you've been doing this for since about 2004 or 2005 or so. So you were the exact perfect person to have on here. And you're talking about, you know, you even followed uh, Terry Key before he even was at Indiana State when he was in high school. So uh, you were the exact person I want on here to talk about Terry Key. I'm still trying to get him on the show, Terry himself, but we'll see if that'll happen. But you, you are uh, the exact beat reporter I want on, I want on here for uh, this discussion. Todd, I, I got to ask kind of the, the big question first here about Tyreek Key. Uh, do you know, you know, I, I don't know how much information you would, you would know about this or not, but do you know how, you know, if he's recovered from that shoulder surgery and do you know exactly, you know, what the problem was with this, his, his shoulder when he had to have surgery and why he elected to have it at the time that he did? Yeah, he's, uh, he should be uh, on the, he should be fine. I mean, by the later stages of the season, he was shooting at practice. He wasn't doing anything. Um, you know, he wasn't doing any activity on the floor. He wasn't at full go, but he was, uh, you know, it looked like, you know, to me, the last time I saw him practice would have been right before the conference tournament. Um, it looked like he had full range of motion in his, in his, uh, in his arm and, uh, seemed to be fine. What, what happened with Tyreek is, is he had three different, what they call subluxes on his shoulder, which is basically a fancy way of saying he had a partial, uh, so, so, uh, shoulder separation, if I can speak. Mm. Um, but, um, which doesn't sound serious by itself, but when it recurs like it did, um, it's kind of a degenerative type of thing. It, it can create more opportunities for it to occur. And each time it does occur, um, you are risking more damage to your shoulder before it finally uh, could possibly tear entirely. So, when in the preseason before this year, uh, he had another sublux, I think it was in um, late October, um, right before the season was about to start. And when he visited the medical people, they basically laid it out for him that said, well, you could continue to play and risk it. It would li- very likely happen again. Uh, but it's sort of a ticking time bomb in the respect that if you don't have surgery to fix it, uh, eventually it's going to be become a much bigger problem that could threaten, you know, your career. So, uh, so the decision was made before the season to have the surgery, which should solve the issue. That's one thing I don't know what, whether, and I don't know that anybody truly knows whether it's mm-hmm. a, a, something that could recur again. It's the surgery is supposed to fix that. Um, and he appeared to be fine. Uh, and the last time I saw him with any Indiana state activity, but, uh, that was the purpose for doing it. And, uh, the idea for any, from Indiana State's perspective is that, you know, they would have had one year left uh, for him to um, kind of continue the transition of the of the coach here. But uh, Tyreek had other ideas and decided to uh, 
go home to Tennessee. Yeah, so because of that shoulder issue, was that an issue that was that popped up and was bothering him his senior year? Because I, I look at you know his shooting numbers, especially mostly from three, and you see his sophomore year where he shot almost forty five percent from three. His junior junior year where he shot almost thirty nine percent from three. Both those really good numbers, and then you have that big drop off uh, where in in the 2020, 2021 season where he shot thirty one point six percent from three. But th- but look at his other numbers and his two point field goal percentage was was still great. His free throw shooting which was still great. So. Is that was that a case of the shoulder issue popping up at that point, I, or was there something else? I can't say that it, that that was the main reason for that. Okay. The shoulder injury would have more affected his ability to, um, you know, to get in the lane and rebound. Tyreek is 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 not a shooter first; he's more of a driver first. So, um, in terms of, I, I can't. I think the the shooting percentage drop probably had more to do with the fact that. Um, teams were guarding him better out on the, out on the perimeter, mm. uh, forcing him to do other things, which he's perfectly capable of doing. I, I feel his strength, uh, even though he can shoot is, uh, to get in the lane and get fouled. And the offense that Indiana state ran his senior year or the last year he played, uh, was more dictated to getting others shots too. So, um, I I feel like it would probably be a stretch to say the shoulder injury affected his shooting. I can't say that it completely didn't. He tended to suffer these injuries late in the season. Uh, the first time it happened would have been his junior year, and it occurred right before the conference tournament. Um, so, And then I think it occurred again. I'm trying to remember the timeline of his senior year. It was in the last month of the year. Um, so there was a lot of wear and tear um, involved with this, I suppose, uh, exacerbated it. I'm not a doctor. I'm playing one right now, but, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I would say no on, on the shooting thing, but it probably did affect him in other ways. He played through pain a lot, you know, just generally, which affected his game, uh, you know, his overall game. Um, so it's something that, uh, you know, he just had to learn to adjust with until he had finally did have the surgery and, um, I think his hope, obviously, is that when he gets to Knoxville, that um, you know he'll be able to be pain free and and uh, play with without that in his mind. I think it, it was probably a mental thing too, as much as anything, because it was when was the other shoe going to drop? Uh, when is my shoulder going to get hurt again? So, uh, so he has that out of his mind, and he can play a little freer. And I think that will help his game. Well, you mentioned something that I had written down too that I was going to ask you. You've already touched on it, so I'll continue with it. You mentioned that he's more of a driver, and that's what I was was going to ask. Is it seems like he's a, been a really effective uh, two point shooter, uh, especially as kind of like a, a smaller ish guard. He's not really small; he's six three two oh five. I've seen pictures and film of him. He's he's built, so I, I know that he he looks like he's a pretty strong kid. Um, but you said that's his strength. So is that, you know, is that more what, you know, he, he still attempted about four, you know, three, four threes per game. It looked like in his, his career for the most part at, at Indiana state. But I, I noticed the numbers and on the film that it seems like he's really good at finishing in the rim, which I think Tennessee, uh, lacked from a lot of the guards last year, aside from Kennedy Chandler. So I, I think personally, uh, that fits in really well to what Tennessee needed. Yeah, no question. He's, always been kind of an athletic freak in that sense. Uh, even going back to his high school days there in Tennessee, um, he's got an, he's got an extremely, how do I put this pliable body? He's, he's very good at drawing contact and then maintaining his strength to, you know, still get a, a decent percentage shot off. Uh, he doesn't mind contact in the lane. 
He's really good at drawing it. He's over the years, his basketball IQ is such that um, without diving, he became pretty good at just, uh, uh, you know, using a head or shoulder fake to get a defender off their feet in the lane and, and, you know, either get an and one or, or get fouled. And then you put him at the line and he's, uh, you know, an 80% free throw shooter. So that's the biggest strength, in my opinion, in his game. There's other things he can do. He can shoot it from the outside. Um, he can get in there. I mean, I wouldn't say he's an elite rebounder or anything, but if you need him to do it, he can do it. Um, and he's just a nightmare for, for a defender because he's quick too. And so it's difficult to, um, you know, you, you have to match his quickness as a defender to, to keep him limited. And that was a real challenge for teams in the Missouri Valley Conference to do. It'll be interesting from my point of view, having seen him play, uh, against quicker defenders in the SEC, whether he can continue to do that. I would think he could. He, he played pretty well against Power 5 teams when he was at Indiana State. So that's kind of what you're getting with Tyreek, a guy who, uh, you know, is – I wouldn't say he's a pure scorer because he does other things, but he's uh, he's he's going he's to drive teams crazy with the way they have to defend him because he, he will make you pay if you uh, – if you have a lazy defender on him or if you uh, give him too much space. Yeah, that, that's a another kind of follow-up to one I was going to ask was, you know, it's impossible to know but um, until it actually happens. But I was going to say, you know, what do you think, how do you think he translates into the SEC? Because I, I was looking at his numbers on Ken Palm against, as, as Ken Palm has like the tier A and tier B schools, and it, you know, he right. played well against, it wasn't like he had a, a significant drop-off between, you know, the, the smaller Missouri Valley Conference schools and then playing teams like Loyola, then playing teams like you look back in his freshman year, they played Auburn, you look at, you know, TCU, you look at other schools they'd played throughout his career. I, I didn't notice that there was a significant drop off. So, I, I you know, again, we don't know until he takes the court and we actually see him in the orange and white. But um, what, what are your thoughts on how his game and just kind of his play could translate into a bigger school? Because, I mean, it, the Missouri Valley Conference is, is one of the better usually year in year out one of the better mid-major conferences not like a you know it's right. not like a trash league it's a league that can put in multiple schools into the uh, NCAA tournament yeah and in a way the transfer portal is kind of a, uh, showing how good the league is because mm-hmm. there's been some players who have moved out who have done very well including from Indiana State um, at the power five level I think because of the athlete is I think he'll be fine I you know it, it'd be different if his game was real limited to um, you know to physical ability alone, like say he was a seven foot center who, uh, you know, couldn't move or anything like that. His athleticism will translate, uh, to whatever level he plays at. Um, he's got a good basketball IQ. He's got a good head on his shoulders. I think that will certainly translate to the power five level. Um, you know, the question that you always ask when anybody moves up from, you know, mid major to a power five team is, you know, it's one thing to see it, a couple times a year, but when you're seeing it, you know, for 20 conference games and, and, you know, good scouting and all of that. And the scouting in the league here is, is just as good as it is at the power five level, but the level of athletes is different. So will he be able to contend with that? I think he can, I, I think he can be really successful at Tennessee. Uh, we just recently had a teammate of Tyreek's Jake Laravia transferred to Wake Forest and, uh, you know, he won ACC player of the week once and, uh, was all conference and now is an NBA draft prospect. And, and key was thought to be a better player than he was a uh, different position, but 
Um, his game translated just fine to the ACC. Tyreek uh, thought to be a better player should be able to be. I, I would I'd be really surprised if he walked in there and struggled. Um, and a big part of that, to switch gears a little bit on that mode, is a lot of it has to do with his work ethic. He is mm. one of the hardest workers I've seen um, come through Indiana State. He just he never leaves the gym. He's in there all the time. Um, you know, it rubbed off on his teammates when he was here. So you're going to get a guy who's committed to, and he wants to prove himself. And you put those factors together, um, along with his, you know, natural talent. And I think, um, you know, Tennessee fans are going to like what they see. I honestly, Todd, that sounds like the perfect fit for Rick Barnes. He loves Jim rats. And it sounds a lot like uh, a couple of guys already on the roster when I, when I think of, uh, as a guy Ziegler and then assuming Josiah Jordan James comes back uh, from his NBA you know putting his name in the, in the draft waters there it, it sounds like those guys they, they work extremely hard um, and and take their craft seriously and it sounds like Tyreek is um, cut from the same mold as those guys another one you I, I've been to bring up too just kind of looking at his transition to the SEC and, and a different role at Tennessee too is I mean, his. I mean, he. It seems like he was on the court a lot for for Indiana State. Look at his minutes per game: 34, 33, yeah. 34. I mean, his usage rate was really high too, for like twenty four or twenty five percent, basically. You know, the last three years that he played. Um, I, I'll be interested to see, you know, what that will be, how that will translate to to Tennessee, because you know, I, that kind of goes to another question I'd written down with for you is, you know, what position did he play primarily there? Because was he more of a point guard, more off the ball guard, or was he just kind of like a Swiss Army knife? Because I, I look at Tennessee as they're still pursuing a, you know, a transfer of true point guard. They have Sakai Ziegler, who's a sophomore, who will be a point guard as well. So I don't imagine he'll be playing too much points. So I, I think he'll be more of a kind of a two or three, and depending on what lineup Tennessee's going with. But, you know, what did he, was he kind of just a jack of all trades in, in terms of positioning for Indiana State, and I, I will be interested to see you know what his usage rate will be for Tennessee. Yeah, I, I would say jack of all trades is a good way to put it. He had point guard capabilities, and he did bring the ball up for a decent amount when he was at Indiana State. Um, you know, when he arrived here, um, he was not necessarily recruited as a point guard. They had an established point guard uh, who played with Tyreek, I think, uh, three out of his four years um, in place. So he didn't necessarily have to play the one but he can play it. Uh, he played it in high school. Hmm. Um, and his, the way his body type is, he can play the three. Um, I think in the Valley, he could play three because a lot of the players would be his size. Knowing the SEC when I've seen it, it would be a difficult ask for him. And he's a good defender, but um, he's going to give up some size to the threes in the SEC. I think that'd be a little bit of a difficulty. So he's, predominantly a two but with capabilities to kind of he's a tweener between both you know a three and a one so there's a lot of different things you can do with them you mentioned the usage rate and I think that's going to be interesting for Tyreek to probably adjust to not having to have the load like he's had here um you know that's one thing I wouldn't question it I think he'll be fine but um you know from his high school career through his time here he's been the guy mm-hmm. and um, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of falls into line as being one of the guys at Tennessee. So that will be an interesting thing to look at from his kind of, you know, from a mental point of view with Tyreek. I think he'll be fine with it, but um, that's certainly something that's going to be different for him to adjust to when he gets down there. 
Again, if you're joining late on the podcast, Todd Aaron Golden, uh, Indiana State beat writer for the Tribune Star. I have been on here to talk about Tyree Key, the Tennessee um, transfer, I guess now signee into the program. We talked about his offense a lot, talked about his work ethic, and that leads into the other big aspect that I think Tennessee and Rick Barnes loves and, and looks at, and that is defense. Um, what kind of defender is Tyreek? Because I, I look at, you know, it's it's really hard to get a feel of who, like, how good a defender is from stats. I mean, you can look at steals, you can look at blocks, but even those can be a little misleading. What, what kind of a defender is he? Because I, I look at his, his frame as a 6'3", 205 type of guard, and that's, that, that's a big body guard that, you know, I wouldn't want to go up against on a day in and day out basis. Yeah, he's he I, he's a pretty good defender. He uh, he can make things happen once in a while. He, he you know he's I wouldn't say he's uh, you know he's not going to get like three steals a game, although he, he may on an isolated basis. Um, but he doesn't take he's sound. He doesn't take chances. Sometimes sometimes guys with high steal numbers actually aren't very good defenders. That mm-hmm. just means they're gamblers. But um, he's he's. He's sound. I, I wouldn't say he's an elite level defender. That's probably going too far, but um, but he's a good defender. He's not going to be a liability uh, playing defense. So um, solid. That's probably the way I describe him defensively. And um, uh, you know, he wasn't the guy that Indiana State. You know, he wasn't their lockdown defender in his time here. But uh, but you didn't flinch when he was defending somebody either. So he was he was pretty good. And again, that's going to be something that's going to be interesting, you know, with the level of talent being, you know, better on a consistent basis, how that kind of plays out over the course of an SEC season for him. But I, 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 I never thought he was a weak defender. I thought he was, uh, you know, pretty good. Good. That, that is good to know. Uh, that's not, like you said, not a liability by any means, but um, right. Yeah. So I, I think that that'll be, they'll fit in again, his work, his work ethic. When you said that to me, that that's all I needed to hear was that he has the work ethic that, um, Rick Barnes and his coaching staff really look for in players, and that what those type of guys usually really thrive at Tennessee um, under this coaching staff too. I'm, I'm particularly intrigued by, as you've said a couple of times now, his ability and penchant to uh, draw fouls. He was consistently ranked, I think, in the top like 200 in the country on Ken Palm at you know foul drawn rate. Uh, this past you know his last year he played more. He only played 23 games. He took 117 free throw attempts, which in just 23 games, that would have been this past season for Tennessee. He would have had the most free throw attempts on of anybody on the roster. Uh, 517 yeah. free throw attempts in his 114 games at Indiana State. Is that is that a case of like you said that is it him just having the knack? You said, I think you, the word was pliable, which I thought was a good, a good word. Is it a, is it a case of of him just being able to be aggressive and, and drive for the basket, or is it maybe like you know Vol fans got to watch Scottie Pippen Jr. the last couple of years and his ability to draw fouls and then you know kind of embellish it a little bit but but I that kind of what you said that kind of reminded me of of Scotty Pippen Jr. because he was I believe the SEC leader in free throw attempts this past year and, and by like a, a long you know a, a, by a long shot um it, it, is that something that Tyreek you know just prides himself on as being a guy who you know draws tra- you know, not draws charges but draws fouls and gets the free throw line yes no question everything you mentioned is what Tyreek does mm-hmm. all of the above um he's got a extreme desire to get to the rim. Uh, he looks at it almost like as a personal challenge and, um, he will, he has the, the, you know, the, his body is flexible enough to, you know, he can draw some contact and then lean around the defender effectively and get a shot off, um, or draw a foul. Uh, he's good at, he became good as he went along with his career, uh, at, 
um, you know, kind of getting a defender off his feet and, and, you know, getting the official to, um, get the, make the call, um, is a kind way to put it. It's not a diver, you know, I don't want to make it sound like he's, he's, uh, out there, um, you know, cheating or anything like that, but he's just, mm-hmm. uh, and he's fast. So, you know, you, he's lightning quick going, you know, from, from the perimeter to the, to the rim. So that alone challenges a lot of defenders. Um, and he's not afraid of going against anybody in the lane. So he'll challenge a seven footer, uh, if the need calls for it. And a lot of times his quickness, uh, will draw a foul because he's able to get around, uh, you know, the rim protection attempt by, by a seven footer. So he does all of that. He's got a remarkable will to do it. And I think that's half the battle. It's kind of like rebounding where, you know, a lot of that is just complete, uh, personal will to do it. He's, loves going to the rim and uh and then once he gets to the line uh he's gonna usually pay off so um i actually thought indiana state didn't utilize him enough in that sense uh at times during his career but um he is uh he will get a lot he's gonna make a lot of i mean i'd say you know on a given night he could score more than half of his points at the line so uh puts a lot of pressure on other teams and uh um, you know, he's, he takes a little bit of a physical beating as a result of it, but, mm-hmm. uh, but he doesn't seem to mind. And other than his shoulder issues, um, never really affected his game. So, um, so yeah, you're getting somebody who's, uh, going to be pretty determined to, uh, get to the line. Well, hey, uh, literally a fourth of his 1,650 points at Indiana state came from the free throw line, uh, 415 yep. made free throws. So yeah, he, he, he does it really well. And man, I also, that, that, Scored number is just really impressive too. I, I was looking at his numbers. He almost finished his Indiana State career with sixteen hundred points, five hundred rebounds, and two hundred assists. He was just short, like barely, on the rebounds and assists uh, to that mark. But that's and hundred steals too. Like that's a really impressive, you know, longevity type of, of career numbers there. Then um, getting that, just a couple more questions here for you, Todd. And again, very thankful for uh, your time as you're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, is there a, is there a, a memory or two or anything like that in in the you know four years that he was or I guess technically five uh, at Indiana State that really stands out to you? I mean, you y'all were talking beforehand. You even watched him back in high school when he set the scoring record uh, when he was in Tennessee here when he played yeah. for uh, Clay County High School. But is there other is there a moment moments that really stood out to you or stand out to you when you look back at you know the the career of Tyreek Key at Indiana State? Yeah, following Tyreek has been a long process for for me because. Um, he was a mystery man, uh, for, for us, he signed, he, he, nobody really heard of him, uh, when he was recruited out of, uh, out of Clay County high school, which is in the North, it's on the Kentucky border. Um, Mm -hmm. if you, if you drew a triangle from Nashville and Knoxville up to the border, you'd probably meet somewhere around Salina. I mean, it is remote and Clay County obviously is not a school that gets a lot of attention, especially out of Tennessee. Um, so my memory of, of Tyreek was, was the beginning. And, you know, we were seeing scoring titles that make your eyes pop. I mean, that's the one thing to remember too. He, you know, he used to be at one time, uh, you know, a, a volume scorer um, when he was in high school. So he's had that role. And so we were seeing 40 point games consistently coming out of their high thirties. And everybody up here was wondering, well, what is this all about? I mean, how legitimate is this? He's at a smaller school, so you never know sometimes about those numbers. Um, playing at a smaller high school, the level of competition 
you're getting. So I decided after our season was over, I guess that would have been in 2016 maybe, or yeah, I think that that was the year I decided to go down there and I went to Salina, uh, which isn't easy to get to from this direction, but um, visited the town, soaked it all in and went to a practice there at Clay County High School. The people there couldn't have been better, loved going there. And I was only able to see the one game um, in Murfreesboro, which is where the state uh, finals uh, were or are. I don't, I don't know if they're there every year, but, um, and really had, I wanted to, I wanted to see him prove to me that, you know, he could play at the division one level. And so he goes out and scores 54 points in that game and set the single game Tennessee scoring record and um, did everything in that game. I, you know, showed every, bit of what he ultimately did do when he was at Indiana state. So that was a really fond memory that really got people up here excited. And there were allusions to, you know, his background is very similar in a way to what Larry birds was here. You know, he came out of a very small rural area um, and, you know, had a very similar and people, you know, and he was very fond of Terre Haute. He embraced it. Um, and, uh, you know, so that was my early memories of him in terms of his time at Indiana State as a player, just his consistent excellence from start to finish. Tyreek is a quiet guy. Um, I enjoyed his – he's very humble. Uh, I enjoyed speaking with him over the years um, because you never felt like you were getting anything other than somebody who was genuine. So um, I think the people in Tennessee are going to love it. I mean, he really is a Tennessean through and through. and. Um, so my memories are just kind of the vibe that Tyreek uh, gave off as a person and uh, we'll miss him here. I mean, you know, we're, we're fortunate to get him here for the year that he got because of COVID, but um, you know, he's certainly one of the better players I've covered here without question. Yeah. And that more or less answered the other question I had, which was, you know, kind of what was he like as a, you know, not, not just as a player, but what's he like as a person? Because, you know, I, I like trying to, you know, delve behind more than just the players here on the show and get to know their personalities. That's why I like having, you know, having players on when I can that, you know, I've interviewed two uh, women's basketball players who transferred to Tennessee as well. And I'm hoping to get another one that that transferred and get her on as well. But I would love to get Tyreek on on the show if possible. But yeah, what, what, what was he like as a person? You kind of alluded to a few things there already. And just, you know, talking about, you know, how much it was a joy to cover him, but you know, I I assume he talked to the media, you know, a decent amount up there too. So what, what kind of person, you know, should Vol fans expect in personality, I guess, on the court and off the court uh, to see from Tyreek? Just a humble, small town guy. He's not going to, uh, you know, he came out of his shell a little bit as he went along uh, with his career here. And, um, but he's still, you know, he's not going to, you're not going to see him on social media very often. Um, He's a guy who wants to let his work do the talking for him. Um, You know, he'll, he's very nice to talk to, but he's not, you know, he's not going to seek out media attention necessarily. It's not really his thing. Um, so, you know, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be a problem. Um, you know, from, a the point of view of off court stuff, I, I mean, I don't recall anything at all with Tyreek. Um, and he really embraces the places he lives. I mean, I used to see him out, uh, here in, in Terre Haute, you know, shopping and stuff like that. I mean, he, he, he makes himself available. You know, I, I'm not saying he goes out and makes himself available to people, but he's just wants to be one of the people I think is probably the best way I can put it. And, um, 
you know, I think the people at, at you know, Val fans are going to really appreciate that. And, um, you know, of course he'll be judged on the way he plays and, you know, how much Tennessee wins next year. But, um, you know, he's a native son. He's proud of being from Salina and, um, uh, you know, he, you know, when I, when I did my last story with him earlier this week, you know, he wasn't a huge fan really of any college growing up. So it's not like he bled orange and white, but, you know, I think he understands also that playing for his home state team is a big deal for him. It'll be a big deal for the people in Clay County. And he knows what a big deal, you know, it is to play for Tennessee and what it means to the people there in, in the state. So he is embracing all that. He's ready for the challenge of it. And I think, you know, based on everything I've ever seen from Tyreek, um, he should be able to meet that challenge and be successful. Um, and I know a lot of people here at Indiana state will be rooting for him. It hurts to lose players, but, um, certainly nobody should ha- here should have any complaints about the production he gave and, and the fact that the program ultimately ended up being in better shape after he was done than it was when he got here. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, Tennessee fans have a lot to look forward to. Todd Aaron Golden of the Tribune Star, the Indiana State beat writer for the Tribune Star. I really, thank you so much for taking time to do this and talk about Tyreek Key and, and what Tennessee fans should expect from the newest volunteer. If you know, if all fans who are just basketball fans in general just want to go follow your work and and you know keep up with Indiana State and just kind of your thoughts on college basketball, where can they find your work and where can they follow you? Uh, well, uh, tribstar.com is the mothership for my stories. And then, uh, it's tribstar Todd or at tribstar Todd on Twitter. Um, that's the primary stuff. So, and I'm probably, and I'm, I will be following Tyreek. So I probably will show up at some point either at in Knoxville or somewhere on the road where Tennessee is to see how he's doing. So certainly a lot of people here will be interested in that. And for all these wondering, I will put the link to that article that, um, Todd has mentioned, but the last one he did with key into the description on the podcast and into the description on YouTube as well. And uh, so that way you can, I'll check it out if you want to and read what, you know, what Todd had written the last step, like you said, last, uh, last article he did with Tyreek key and kind of Tyreek, you know, describing why he is leaving Indiana state, choosing Tennessee and just a, a bunch of other things um, as well in that article. I, I read it uh, because I, I saw it and I was uh, maybe decide, Hey, I'm going to reach out to you. Well, you're recommended behind the scenes recommended by Dustin DePierak, who used to be in Knoxville and I still keep up with him. Yeah. And I'm friends with him online. So you recommended uh, to me by him. And then that check out the article. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely the guy that I need to have on here. So Todd, uh, thank you so much for coming on Vol basketball. Fever. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. If, if I could say one more thing and I never do this, but if you want to read about the background of Tyree key, like how he started and it still informs kind of his present. Um, I wrote a story. You can, if, if you do a Google search, it'd probably be under Tyreek be good because that's the headline we had on it, but uh, kind of goes into, it's a deep dive into his time. It, it, that was what, before he got here, but kind of illustrates um, w- his background there at Clay County. I, I imagine a lot of people in Tennessee would be interested in that. It's from five years ago, but um, that was uh, th- that was a fun story to write. It's a long form story, but um, go check that one out. If you want to kind of get the Genesis of, uh, where Tyreek was coming from. Great. Yeah. I'll link that one in the description as well. Well, thank you for that, Todd. And I'll, I'll have both those articles in there. And if anybody has any questions or wants to say anything to Todd, again, you can find him on Twitter. He is at uh tripstar Todd. And it was Todd with two D's on there as well, which y'all are probably seen on the screen now at this point on the, on YouTube. But if you're listening 
It is Trib Star Todd, and that is two Ds on his his name there, Todd. Well, thank you so much, Todd, again, and for all of you listening at home or wherever you may be, the gym, driving, wherever it is, thank you all so much for watching, listening along. Uh, If you're on YouTube, give this video a like. We'd appreciate that a lot. And subscribe today to the podcast and to the YouTube as well. Signing off for Todd, I'm Nathaniel, and this has been another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss a new episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more video content and follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thank you, Vol fans.